Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions today. We're so excited about the possibility of what God has lined up for you in the area of missions. Now, what in the world do you need to do to be on mission for God? get saved. (laughs) And after you are saved, you're on mission for God. And that is part of your purpose is to serve him and enjoy him and glorify him forever. Well, today on Exploring Missions, we have a special guest that I really have been wanting to interview for quite some time. And I thought, well, I'll call him. But now we found him in Tupelo, Mississippi, visiting our AFR headquarters. And as soon as I found out he was going to be in town, I put my name in to interview him for Exploring Missions. And it is Peter Rosenberger. He is the host of Hope for the Caregiver that you can hear on Saturday mornings here on AFR. And Peter, welcome to Exploring Missions. Well, it is a treat to be here with you. Thank you. And I've uh, we've had interacted before on each other's shows, but now I get to actually look at you. <laughs> well, sometimes some things are pleasant and some things are less pleasant. It's and all so, good. You, yeah. you, your face radiates. You're an enthusiastic well, host. I've I've been to places and they say that's not exactly how I pictured you. But guess what? I don't ask them the rest of the story. You know, uh, I'll just leave it there. But we are thankful you're here. And we love your program. My wife and I listen quite often on Saturday mornings, and it blesses us and it helps us uh, because most people, sooner or later, to some extent, will be a caregiver. Uh, And sometimes it is long-term. Many times it is short-term. But every one of them, I love hope because I, I tell this all the time, and I want you to respond to it, Peter. In the book of 1 Corinthians 13, These three are the greatest, faith, hope, and love. But right in the middle of those is hope, faith realized, and love shown, and it's hope. We need hope, don't we? We do, and I think we've we've diluted that term in our English language to making it, making it like it's wishful thinking. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is conviction, yeah. that confidence of knowing this is this is what's coming. Christ in us, the hope of glory, not Christ in us, the wishful thinking of glory. <laughs> and and so when we, you know, words matter. I mean, you're a man of words. You've used words your entire life. Words matter. And I think it's important that we take back the language. Right now, I think there's such an effort to take away the language and dilute everything. And I think as Christians, we have a responsibility to go back. Jesus himself is the word. And and so people say, well, I, I think he was a good prophet. He's a good teacher. No, no, no. He is the very living word of God. <laughs> words matter. And so hope is not... You know, Pollyanna and pie in the sky. It is that conviction, and we have it. And that's what gives us confidence to go into missions. Amen. Speaking of that, our enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He does only does that with life. He does that with words. He, he does twists indeed. words. He steals words and symbols, and he dilutes them as well. I think, and I agree with you about I hope. think he's only got one play. I think Satan only has one play, 
and that is to question the veracity of the Word of God. Yeah. He has been doing that from day one. Has God Hath said? Has God said? <laughs> and so, like, I know you're a music labor. That sounded like a preacher, brother. Well, you know, I think once you have this encounter with the living Christ, we're all preachers. Amen. We don't I have swear. to have this, you know, formal <laughs> training have... and all these things. We just do it because that's <laughs> they overcame by the word of their testimony, not the word of their opinion. Amen. And our testimony is our our experiential relationship with Christ. Uh, first time I was at a church and they just had a stand up there and I'd lay my Bible on it and pick it up. And uh, some, I just don't like that. I like a pulpit. And I said, I wonder which apostle was responsible for rolling around the pulpit that Jesus had to preach from. <laughs> rolling around. <laughs> you know, you can't, you know. No, it is It is what we preach, and it is Christ Jesus. And, but, and sometimes we preach, as Augustine said, if necessary, use words. words. Amen. Amen. You know, well, tell us a little bit about hope for the her- caregiver. And I take take some time here and tell why it's close to your heart because we have people may not have listened to hope for the caregiver, but let me just share with you. You'll want to hear it because it will bless you. But tell us why in in the whole well, hope, kind of your hope, story of coming to bring this program to us. Well, hope for the caregiver is the family caregiver outreach of the ministry my wife and I started called Standing with Hope. Standing with Hope was launched by Gracie when she lost both of her legs. Uh, She had a terrible car wreck back in 1983. She's had 85 surgeries that I can count and a pretty rough journey. But she wanted to provide prosthetic limbs to her fellow amputees as a way of pointing them to Christ. You comfort one another. You said this before with me. You comfort one another with the same comfort that you yourself have received from the God of all comfort. Well, one of the comforts she's had in this life is that she's had good quality prosthetic legs. So she said, I'm going to provide these, and I'm going to let these people know what this means. Why am I doing this? What am I, Who am I pointing to? And so we launched this over in um, West Africa, in Ghana, in 2005, and we started working with the government of Ghana. We, we train and equip their workers to put legs on people. Since then, we've, tra- we've put a lot of legs on folks. We have um, worked. Uh, we have patients come from as far away as Nigeria, and then we've had a patient we treated in Kenya. We just now started a patient in Cameroon. And then we have prisoners at a at a uh, prison in Arizona that recycle the prosthetic legs we collect from all over the country so we can take apart and use the parts that are available. You can't use all of it, but you can use the feet, knees, pylon, screws, adapters, all that stuff. And we do that. So we got broken lives, taken broken pieces from broken lives, at all pointing to the one who was broken for us. And that's missions. And then some years ago... Our board of directors said, you know, you ought to get out there and start talking to your fellow caregivers. You really have some things you, you ought to say to them. And so I started doing that. And I launched my program. Uh, and um, then five years ago, Jim Stanley brought me on to American Family Radio. And we have the largest radio broadcast for family caregivers in the world. And it's done right here at American Family Radio, which I'm very grateful for because I think we're going on the offense we're not playing defense with caregivers. We're going right into their heartache and saying, here's what the gospel means. And I speak fluent caregiver. I've been gracious caregiver now <laughs> for my entire marriage with her. And I know the language. I understand it. And I've aggregated a lifetime of these things, of, of insights that I've learned that I had to forage for. And I think I have a responsibility to have a stewardship opportunity. That's a big word for me in my life. And I know you resonate with this, Bert, because stewardship recognizes, number one, the owner, I'm not the owner. God is the owner. 
I, I, I didn't do this to Gracie. I can't undo it. She has a Savior. It ain't me. Stewardship means I have a charge. I have a responsibility to, to with the resources that God has given me to use those things. And this is what I'm doing with her and what I'm doing with the, the, the insights that God has given me for my fellow caregivers. So that is the mission field. She had the mission field with prosthetics. I have the mission field with my fellow caregivers, but it's all missions because it's all about going out there and equipping others to literally stand with hope. And that's what we do. I want to ask this. How many years have you and Gracie been married now? She says it seems like twice as long as it has, but no, she said we've been married this summer. It'll be 37 years. 37 years. And, and, uh, and, and as Gracie said, some of them were good years. <laughs> no, she's, Gracie's a pretty good sport. She's got a great sense of humor, and she's got a huge personality and life. Uh, and and, and she, a beautiful voice. Oh, my goodness. She can really sing. So and, I know you play the piano. Do you sing as well? I, if, if I have to. I'm not, okay. I'm not known for it. But uh, but I, I, I when it got somebody that sings like her, and this is just an extraordinarily beautiful woman. Don't take my word for it. Go out and Google her. I was Googler <laughs> when I met her 37 years ago. We didn't even have Google back then. You mean the grace of God extended even though to your choice of oh, a mate? Oh, listen, the grace of God extended the fact that she chose me. I chased her down. I asked her for a phone number, and she gave me an area code. You know, and, and I got home, and I actually called the number, and it was dial a prayer. Hey, brother, so, no, I, she, I stand in, in the same shoes you do. I married. Uh, you know, I married above myself. Oh, you know? I married way above my pay okay. grade. Well, listen, on this, the Ministry of Care, uh, Hope for the Caregiver, I know you share information, but there's something else that I've, when I've heard it and I've noticed it, it's the heart. I mean, you, you understand them. As you said, you speak their language. Speak it fluently. And those who, not as efficient as you are in the language, Sometimes we can convey things that maybe not be as clear. That's what's in, that's what's really impressed with me. You're clear on the needs of the caregiver because you also know the person who is being cared for. You've well, you've lived it. In other words, I still you've do. Lived, yeah, you're <laughs> live. You've lived it and living it right now. My wife had surgery last month. She had surgery in December. She had surgery in last January. She had, and she's got more coming. And so I get it. This is our life. And, and it's, we're not waiting for this to get better or worse before we live our life. This is our life. And it's okay because God meets us in it. I, I speak fluent caregiver. Yes. Here's the better news. It's our Savior's native tongue. This is who he is. And, and as I learned, I looked through all the scripture. People used to say, well, Jesus understands. Jesus understands. And I, I didn't see anywhere where anybody in scripture was taking care of a wife through all the stuff I've been doing. And then I stepped back and I realized, wait a minute. He's referred to as the bridegroom. We're the church. We are the bride of Christ. And we are a busted up, broken <laughs> people. And I realized oh. I have a Savior who's in love with a wounded bride. Yeah. I All of a sudden, it just Amen. hit me. And I realized... He's the ultimate caregiver of a wounded bride. He really gets this journey in ways that I can't even fathom. And that gives me that hope, that confidence that he who began a good work, that's your verse, that you love so much, is faithful to complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. Well, when I when I hear your program, again, I'm moved also by the music. And music, uh, matter of fact, Nathan and I will have done a program about missions and music. It's a neat thing. The songs that are just 
completely missional. Send the light. Now that's the old, you know, we were talking about earlier. We were talking about hymns. Send the light. Well, here's another good mission song for you. We've a story to, to tell, tell to, to the who? nation. To the nation. Every kindred, every tongue. And and I love to yeah. tell the story. Amen, brother. And, you know, uh, because I know it's true, it will be my theme and glory. Amen. <laughs> you know, it is, I, I love those old hymns, and I try to update them and play them with a little bit more. I have a keyboard at the studio when I do the show up in Montana, and I call it the caregiver keyboard. <laughs> so sometimes I'll just go over there and start playing on it. Because I love these old hymns because it just, it, it, it again, it's spine-stiffening. It, it does. It's giving that conviction so that when we go out, we can boldly go to anywhere. Yeah. And that doesn't mean we brashly go, because I think too many Christians have done that in the past. We've gone brashly into places. There's a difference walk. in boldness Boldness and is, yep. is a, that confidence that we don't have to go in there and fix it. We don't have to change. You know, I have zero, zero, I mean, zero record of of converting anybody to Christ. I have never done that in my entire life. He's got a very good record of doing it. <laughs> All I do is I'm, I'm in sales, not management. Amen. And there's a great... You mean he gives the increase? He, uh, it, that's what they tell me. That's what it says. <laughs> and so that takes all the pressure off of me that I don't have to. I'm not responsible for results. I'm responsible mm-hmm. for obedience. Yeah. Let him deal with results. He's he's God all by himself. He okay. doesn't need me. But he invites me, and he gives me the pleasure of being able to, to participate. And I love that hymn from Charles Wesley. And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? You know, you, you don't do better than Charles Wesley. Well, I, I agree. <laughs> and, I agree. And so, and can it be that, that we get to be a part of this? Yeah. And so this is what's been so transformative for Gracie and me. We Yeah, our life is hard. Our life is brutal. And there are days when I just hang my head. And I look at her, and I look at her struggling. I'm just like, <sighs> you know, you don't want to say. But then you, but Lamentations three says, my soul remembers the wormwood and the gall. But then this I recall to mind, and therefore I have hope. Great is thy faithfulness. New mercies I see every morning. Amen. So when we remind ourselves of that, just like David at Ziklag, you know, he refreshed himself, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Well, his men were going to stone him, yeah. <laughs> and. <laughs> he he got to that point. He had to encourage himself in yeah. the Lord. This is what we do. But if we're not encouraging one another in the Lord, what what happens? What, yeah. what where do we go from there? Well, if you don't put anything in, guess what? Not much is going to come out. Indeed. And so in missions, this is the whole idea. Now, people saying, I you know, I don't feel like I'm on mission for God. Well, if you're saved, you're on mission for God. That's the whole idea. If you've really been saved, you've got a story to tell to the nations. You've got something to share. But then God usually zeroes in on an area where, and we talked about this on your program, where you've experienced pain. And, and, and when the comforter brings that comfort, you're ready to share that comfort and give to others as the Holy Spirit leads. So when I hear your story and Grace's story about where God took you guys in your pain and brought you as ministers through that pain to others, there's people out there today that need to be encouraged that God doesn't waste anything, he was even a, pain. Jesus was a carpenter. He doesn't even waste the sawdust. <laughs> we minister out of our our woundedness and out of our brokenness because that's where he meets us. And so this is the whole point of what we do. And I'm just I'm just grateful to be a part of it. It's been a transforming experience, but here we are. Yeah. Well, tell me this. 
family when I know you have you have one child or two, two, two sons and two sons and almost and, and three four grandchildren, but one hasn't appeared just yet. Oh he man, comes soon. waiting his his or her arrival. It's his arrival. Okay, let me ask you this: during those years of raising children, and we're talking about caregivers, <laughs> uh, I, and I, I'm not making light of this. I'm truthful in it. The teenage years. <laughs> well, tell me. Was it compounded? Every, I, I just want to know. It has been. Done. I think part of it is compounded, Bert, because I was just, I was young and stupid, dumber than a box of hammers. And and I I didn't understand, and I, I had bad theology. And my theology was like, God, why are you doing this? Why aren't you fixing this? Why aren't you involved in this? Not realizing he was there all the time working in this in ways that I couldn't even possibly imagine. So I've had to, I've had to go back and make a lot of amends. And I still do. I mean, uh, that's one. When you've done this as long as I have, you're going to fail in every area, and I have, and I freely admit it. So it wasn't my children; it was me, and it wasn't Gracie; it was me. I'm the problem. Yeah. Um, and Lord, change me. Seemed like there's a yeah. Great I was wanting him to change everything that, else so yeah. that I could be happy. Yeah. And I was thinking, no, this is this. There's something here going on with me. And and I had to get to the point where I bent the knee to God in ways that I didn't understand at the time, but I do now. And so this is what I want to do with fellow caregivers. I want to speak with clarity into their lives. That that when, when Gracie launched this thing with the prosthetic limb outreach, there is no doubt what's going to happen. We say to them, silver and gold have I none, such as I have I give in the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. And they do because they're, we gave them a leg. It's clear. We, there, there it is. It's the same thing with our transformed hearts. Here it is. Here's what I was. Here's where I am. And I had a guy that called into the show, and I, I want to be sensitive on time. Are we okay? You're good. Time? You're good. He called in the program one time. He was a, a young minister, and he was upset because he couldn't get work ministering to people. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I, 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 nobody's, I'm not hiring them, and I can't get a church. And I said, well, wait, wait, wait. You want to minister to people? You want to be hired? And, and I said, if you want to minister to people, just go on down to the Waffle House and just sit there. Look around. There are plenty of people you'd minister to. Now, if you want to get hired to do it, that's something different. But if you yeah. want to work and minister in the kingdom, go. Amen. Let God worry about all the other stuff. You mean you got to bloom where you planted? Uh, I, and I, I, he, didn't, he hung up. <laughs> I don't think he liked what he was hearing. Because some people think, well, I got to have, I got to be properly front. No, you don't. You just go. You just do it. Don't go. You don't have to go to deepest, darkest Africa. There are places right down the street from you of people who are in terrible things. Just start going. Let God worry about where he's going to send you. You just start speaking with clarity to people's lives. One more thing I want to ask. God has placed you and Gracie together, these ministries, the radio ministry, the the Liam ministry of providing those prosthetics for those people in Africa, and I, I'm just amazed. It also includes the prisoners that are in the prison. Well, I mean, what, you know, you cross boards. But let me ask you this. Have you, through your brokenness, become the caregiver that you have? Uh, you was talking about how... Many times it was you. God had to break you. So helping broken people, do they help broken people? Is that how it works? That's that's 
always how he works. I haven't seen him. <laughs> that was he o- up for you, Peter. He only used <laughs> one perfect person, and that was himself. Yeah. And he split himself in two so that we could go to him. But the whole point of it is that in his mercy, he breaks us. Because it's very difficult to cry out to a Savior that you don't think you need. And as long as you are raising the fist at God, you will never understand what the grace of Christ means in these situations. And as long as we are filled with resentment, I cannot push Gracie in a wheelchair if my fists are clenched. I cannot play the piano if my fists are clenched. I love the way I play the piano now. I love the way I write. I love the way I speak to people. I hate how I got here. <laughs> and, it, you know, because I look at, not because of the work that God has done in my life. I hate the fact that I took so long to understand these things. And my next book I'm going to write, I think I'm going to call it Cringe. My life as a <laughs> caregiver because I have, and I still do. And it, it, I, I love what Paul says in Romans 7. I do what I don't want to do, and I don't do what I know I should do. Who can save me from this body of death? And right now, I have two natures. I have a sin nature, and I have a Holy Spirit transformed nature, and they are at enmity. One day, (laughs) one day, they won't be. I I won't have that. My professor at Blue Mountain College where I attended said, the one you feed the most is the one that will win. And so feed the soul of man by staying in his word, and serving others. People will call in on the other program that I'm a part of, Exploring the Word, and they'll talk about how do I grow in the Lord. And we'll say, you got to pray. You you need to read the Word. You need to share. And I always add, and find a place of service. Serve someone. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. We're, we're, Go out that, to the highways yes. and the byways. That's right. Bring them in. Don't make this a big production. Just do it. Just go. The first time I spoke to caregivers, there were four people there. (laughs) And and one of them was my son, and the other one fell asleep. (laughs) Well, God gives increase. (laughs) Our our guest today on Exploring Missions has been Peter Rosenberger. He's host of Hope for the Caregiver, and it is heard here on AFR on Saturday mornings. You can find it. And you have a website or... uh, Hopeforthecaregiver.com. Man, that's pretty good. I try to be easy. Where'd you get that? (laughs) I labored over it intensely. Peter, thank you for being with us. Brother Bird, I appreciate it very much. God bless you, brother. You too. We've really enjoyed our guest today with the interview that we did, and it helps me to understand that sometimes missions may take place right in your own home. Nathan, when I hear that and know that, uh, it makes me understand what Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, about providing for your own household, your own relatives. And uh, so this is important. He makes that plain about a husband and wife ministering to one another. Uh, this is part of the mission that God has us uh, here on earth for, isn't it? Yes, it is. You know, most, most of us are either not single or, or will not be single for our entire lives. Some some are, and that does not get a single person off the hook for family uh, responsibilities either. So basically what I'm saying, we all have family responsibilities of one sort or another, and those family responsibilities, obligations to care for family members in some, some way or the other, that fits in to God's call on our lives. That is a part of it, and that is part of the mission that God has for us. Some of us have family 
I guess, a family situation that allows us to live on mission together as a family, where every family member is taking part in the ministry. And then others have, it looks more along the lines of caring for a family member. And that becomes the maybe the largest part of the mission. So there's not a one-size-fits-all, and God understands that. God made our families to be as they are, and we are to see you know, our families as a mission field, but also a mission force. And so I think in God's economy, they work the same way. And when you have special needs that's in your family, it even makes it of greater necessity and a lot of churches have have special needs ministry, and people help the family uh, by, uh, that way by taking care of those that have special needs for an hour, maybe two hours, while they go to a Sunday school class, they go to a Bible study, they go to a worship, and that is such a blessing. That is a mission that you can have in your church. Well, Nathan, I wanted to pick up on this, and this is in John 19 when Jesus was on the cross. It makes it plain there that Jesus, it says that when he was on the cross, his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom loved, he said this to his mother, woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And it says, And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. Jesus, even on the cross, taking care of his mother. He was the firstborn. That would be his responsibility. And he set that in order for a caregiver for his mom. That speaks loud and clear, doesn't it? I think so. I mean, again, it just is a good example of how care for one another, care for our family members is a part of God's mission for us. Uh, It's his purpose, and we can't separate that. There have been some that have tried, and they felt it necessary, even missionaries on the mission field, to maybe relegate the raising of their children to someone else because of the the difficult circumstances where they might have been. I don't think that's the best plan, however. I don't think that's what God intends for families. I think he wants us to definitely care for each other as we are able. And this one with Mary and John, I really believe it was for both of their benefits. John would benefit by having Mary in his household, and Mary would benefit by having John. John's a believer, and so they would encourage one another. So many times the caregiver is blessed by the one in whom they're caring for. And that is God's way in missions. We do bless one another as a missionary goes. He blesses those, but they're blessed also by those that respond. So here on Exploring Missions, we're asking you to be on mission for God. We talk about in your home, across the street or across town or across the world. We're on mission for God no matter where we are, aren't we, Nathan? That's right. And we don't need to see if our role currently is that of a caregiver. We don't need to see that as secondary or lesser than someone who may may, may not have that uh, obligation at the time. It could be just as much a part of what God is doing in the world as anybody else. And so it requires faith. It requires 
courage. It requires following Jesus closely, even as a caregiver. And so, uh, and we've all heard how caregivers need care themselves. We do. So we thank you for listening to Exploring Missions and be on mission for God, whether at home or across the world. Thank you.